welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it is my honor and privilege on this show to have conversations with all of the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify some of those issues that are affecting credit unions and have a discussion on some of the best practices out there so that we can all learn from and improve our credit unions together. My guest on today's show is Seth Brickman, the CEO at QCash Financial. I am so excited to have him on. So let's just go ahead and welcome him on. Seth, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Lauren. It is great to be here today. We are super excited. All right. Well, I'd like to start with a little bit of background on you. I know most of us didn't really grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions someday. So I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up and what was the inspiration to, to take the gig as CEO at QCash? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually wanted to be a pharmacist when I was growing up. And then when I went into college, weirdly enough, the Navy recruited me and I became a nuclear engineer for the Navy, built a nuclear submarine, got to do some really cool things there. But really what I've done with most of my career is I've built a high-tech software that people love to use. So I've done that for companies like Microsoft and Amazon. And when QCash was looking for their next CEO, one of the things that really impacted me the most and why I was willing to leave high tech to join QCash was the fact that QCash's platform, partnering with credit unions, helps people in a time of need. It literally changes their lives. And what I came to learn was that's actually what the credit union industry is about. It's about relationships. It's about helping their members. and It's about meeting their needs. And so... That was what made me make the jump was the idea that I could every day come into work and help people. And the reality was I thought Jeff Bezos had big enough boats that he didn't need my help anymore and that uh, that I'd be able to help other people. That's incredible. Well, potential pharmacist to nuclear engineer to credit union industry vendor CEO. I think we, we don't hear that journey every day. <laughs> 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 so I love that. Let's let's pretend for a second that you and I meet at a conference in person. Let's hope that we've got some conferences to go to in person here soon. Could you give us your elevator pitch on what QCash Financial is, how it's changed over the years, and where you really add that value to credit unions? Yeah, absolutely. So QCash Financial is a QSO first. We are a mission-driven QSO. And what we do is we help credit unions embrace financial inclusion. We allow credit unions to say yes to their members more often. And we do that through our unique QCash platform. What our platform does is it allows credit unions to give small dollar loans to their members when their members are actually in the midst of a life event. And so our life event program is available to credit union members through their credit union app or website um, 24-7. And we go from application, meaning you click the link, to actual funds in the member's account in under 60 seconds. And we do that all without using a credit score. We use what's called relational underwriting, where we actually kind of go back to the early days of credit unions, where your relationship and the fact that you are known by your credit union meant you'd be able to get those funds when you needed them. And that's really the elevator pitch is we help credit unions say yes to members they would not say yes to, but also build that relationship, build that community, and bring members back into the credit union as their primary financial institution. That is incredible. The concept of relational underwriting, I think, is something that we, you know, we can't really oversee the value of that. 
I'm curious, you know, normal underwriting or what we think of as maybe traditional lending really relies heavily on a credit score with that FICO model. I'm curious, you know, we're seeing that this can really have a disparate impact on a lot of minority populations. So can you shed some light on that? Why is that? Why is it that that FICO credit scoring model can hurt some minority populations? And what can we really do about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the FICO score credit model actually... When you think about the, the numerous different feeds that go into it, it does hurt minority populations. And the reason for that is when you look at the actual feeds and look at the end of the day, it's a little bit of a black box, but FICO does kind of share what goes into it. And those things are, are impactful. And the fact that we use FICO score to actually judge the worthiness of an individual, that's where I think our big issues are, right? There are people who are great people that have experienced hard times or had unexpected things happen that cause their FICO score to be low when the reality is they're a very low risk and they can repay their loans and they want to be, you know, good members in their community. And that's what QCash does is it allows that relational underwriting to replace the FICO score. We actually don't judge them based on a score that's out of their control. But we use the different aspects of how they're interacting with their credit union to actually be able to give them the funds they need when they need it. And, and that's really the core difference. And so the truth is FICO does impact minorities. It impacts low-income areas. And that's one of the unique things about QCash as well is the government says CDFI grants can pay for QCash implementation and create a loan loss reserve. So we are recognized as facilitating financial inclusion, and especially in low-income designated areas where people would struggle to use traditional money. That is incredible. And I, you know, there's such a need for that as we think about financial inclusion as a whole. The statistic that we hear every so often about how 40% of Americans or over 40% of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency expense. And that oftentimes leaves members in a situation where they're seeking out alternative financing but typically with maybe a payday lender, a predatory lender that might charge a really excessively high rate. Is there an opportunity for credit unions in this space, you think, and would have traditionally been more of a payday lender space? There is. And and that's really what QCash brings to the table for credit unions. You know, when you think about members who are experiencing a time of need, if you can't meet their needs, the need doesn't go away. Right. They still need to have that need met. And so if they can't do it in their credit union, they're going to go somewhere else. And most likely that somewhere else is going to have predatory practices that are going to hurt them more than help them. But there's a need. So an example is if your car breaks down, but you need to go to work the next day, you don't have the choice. You need to get your car fixed or you lose even more income. So if your credit union can't help you, you're going to go to a predatory lender. What QCash does is they bring that relationship back into the credit union, where we actually allow the credit union to be that primary financial institution and say, look, you had a life event. We have a life event loan that's going to be able to help you in this time that's not only not going to be predatory, but it's actually going to help you because as long as the credit union reports their loans to the bureaus, it's actually going to help that member build better credit so that they can get back into traditional lending. And that's the space that credit unions need to play. They need to play in that space of helping their members when their members have a need and not causing their members to go outside of the credit union because they don't offer a product that helps. 
That is such a great point. I think as credit unions, that's really core to the mission of why we are created and why we exist at all. I'm curious, let's talk more about financial inclusion. You mentioned that earlier. It's something that I know you're really passionate about. I'd love to get your thoughts on really how can focusing on financial inclusion help credit unions position themselves, not only to just really benefit their members, but also position themselves in a, a financial services marketplace that has a ton of options. So our belief is that credit unions are not just in the community, but they're part of the community. And being part of a community like that means that you are reaching out to all members within that community. And that's financial inclusion. So it doesn't matter if you're on the uh, higher demographic side or the lower demographic side. It doesn't matter if you're in the socioeconomic scales on the higher side or the lower side. But at the end of the day, the credit union says, we want to help you. And that's really what QCash does. Is QCash allows credit unions to say yes to members that they wouldn't have been able to say yes to when it comes to traditional lending. And that in itself drives financial inclusion. And when you look at the people who are using outside lenders from their credit union, it is minorities, it's women, it's groups that are typically minimized. We don't want that. We want them to have the same access to the funds that everybody else has because their life events are no different. And so our belief is that through the QCash platform, credit unions can really practice financial inclusion because they can say yes to people they wouldn't have been able to before and really help them in a time of need. That concept of saying yes to people that that we wouldn't have been able to before, I think is just so critical for credit unions and especially as we try to differentiate ourselves out there. I know as we talk about the relationship of credit unions to their members, another topic I know that you're focused on is really helping credit unions serve their underserved members and communities. Can you talk a little bit about that and about how QCash really effectively helps you that? I know you said say yes to some of those folks. What what other things can credit unions expect if they're working with you on this? Absolutely. So what we do is we help credit unions to, you know, figure out what are the goals of their small dollar lending program. And then we help them accomplish those goals. And sometimes those goals are, how can we give the most possible loans as possible? And a great example of that is some of our partners right now are giving COVID relief loans through our platform. Uh, We have a partner in Oregon that's doing a wildfire evacuation loan. And so it's really helping them help their community and be part of that community. Um, The flip side is we have specialty loans. And so Just because you don't qualify for traditional lending doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to take advantage of things that happen throughout the year. So we had a credit union do an Amazon Prime Day loan. We're going to have credit unions do Black Friday loans. And so with these specialty loans, you can have a vacation loan. You can have a a back-to-school loan. You can have a holiday loan and actually provide those funds to members that wouldn't have qualified for a traditional loan. And again, those are the things that allow you to really be in the community and make the community by offering a variety of products that actually meets the needs when the people need it. I love that. The Amazon Prime Day, Lana. (laughs) I could definitely use one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So QCash is a really innovative company. Break out the crystal ball for me. I know we've seen a lot of disruptions in financial services over the past few years, over the past decade. And there's no doubt that there are a lot more changes to come. So I'm curious, what trends are you seeing? Where is QCash Financial's focus when it comes to really innovating to meet some of these challenges? So QCash Financial, our goal is to be an innovation driver in the credit union industry. 
And one of the ways we do that is we listen to our partners. So we do product focus groups where we bring our, our partners in and they kind of tell us the things that are going on. And my job as CEO, the number one thing I can do is listen. And here's what our partners are telling us where we can help them as I pull out that crystal ball. Um, member acquisition is important to every single credit union. And so how can we create a QCash platform that allows a credit union to offer a loan mixed in with account creation so that the loan can help be a driver to bring members back into the credit union? So that's one of the things we're looking at, a member acquisition loan. Still not using credit score, but using alternative credit data so that they can say yes and bring more members in that wouldn't have naturally done that. You know, the other piece is our product already works with ITIN numbers. And so you don't necessarily have to be a U.S. citizen to be able to get loans. And so we're also working with, and we have multi-language capability in our platform. So we're working with credit unions today about how do we reach out to that non-citizen population and create a better experience for them. Um, that's on our crystal ball. And then I think lastly, as I think about it, is we want to be able to help members and let them know that there is help for them even before they might even know that they have the need. And so we're looking at using machine learning and some AI to say, how can we help members know that there's the availability of a product that they need before they actually even have the need or just at the beginning of that need where they know they don't have to fret, they don't have to worry they don't have to, you know, have those concerns because they immediately know there's a place they can turn to get help and it's their credit. That's incredible. I, yeah, that reminds me of the quote from Henry Ford where he was saying, if you'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horse. And uh, <laughs> it's that sort of concept of, of figuring out what people need maybe before we realize what that is as consumers. So I, I love to hear that. Love to hear about ITIN lending and uh, working with multiple languages. I think that's such such an important area that credit unions can really get involved in. So if there's one thing you think credit unions should do to better stay relevant in our fast-changing financial services marketplace, what would that one thing be? You know, in, in my mind, and it's, it goes back to my days at Amazon, where customer obsession was the number one leadership principle. And even though Amazon is an amazing company, the reason they're an amazing company is that they listen to the people that are using their product. And that would be the number one thing I would encourage credit unions to do is really listen to your members and hear what those needs are because there are needs that are not being met. And a lot of them do fall around them needing funds when they're going through a life event. But there's also other things like user experience and how hard is the account creation process? You know, how are you reaching out to a diverse population so that you are actually practicing DEI. You know, if you are cash flush right now because of, of the pandemic, and we know a lot of credit unions have a lot of money right now, how are you using that and maybe taking on a little bit more risk to be able to help more people, right? Um, there are ways you can help people and still mitigate risk. There are ways you can listen to people and make your products even better so that it gives them the better experience. And all of that drives loyalty. When you have loyalty, that word of mouth or grassroots sharing of how much I love my credit union will drive member acquisition like they've never seen before. So that's what I would love to see is credit unions get back to relational banking 
and really be a part of the community as opposed to just a branch that's in the community. That is such an incredible piece of advice. I love that. Really getting back to the root of who we are and what we do. Well, as we wrap up the show here, I'd like to have some fun. Uh, We always bring up some rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you, the podcast guests, a little bit better. So just like on the CO Inside Experience podcast, our other podcast, the questions on this section are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. Let's dive in. What is a recent purchase you didn't know you needed, but that has become something you can't live without? So weirdly enough, it's this product called Whoop. And Whoop is a... It's like a fitness band, but it measures your fitness, it measures your sleep, and it, it doesn't do everything like an iWatch does. All it is is a bunch of sensors, and then you actually don't pay for the hardware. You pay for the data analytics of all of the data that it's pulling from your body. Interesting. Um, and it looks at your strain, it looks at you know every, your sleep, and then it, like it tells me what time I need to go to bed to be able to f- perform at the level I need to perform at the next day. And so... I never thought I wanted that kind of information, but once you have it, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I live without it? That is so cool. As someone who commonly spends a good chunk of the day looking at my Apple Watch stats, I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, when you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? So when I hear the word success, I think the first person that comes to mind for me, honestly, is going to be Bill Gates. You know, I did spend time at Microsoft. And even though he was a hard CEO, he was brilliant. And his vision of a computer on every desk or a computer for every family, right? The reality is that is our reality today. And so he was the visionary in understanding how technology can make people's lives better. And I think for the most part, it has. So yeah, he would be one of those that I would say actually changed the world and made made us more successful. That's incredible. And so true. And multiple computers per household now. I was yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, random question for you. What are you listening to on Spotify these days? So on Spotify these days, you know, I, I listen to a couple different podcasts, but, but honestly, I'm a music person. And so even though I'm in Seattle, Washington, I love country music. Okay. And so my Spotify playlists are going to be a great mix of, of country. And then what I don't typically admit publicly old school rap. And so the run DMCs of the world, the LL Cool J's. Uh, So when people hear my Spotify playlists, they look very confused. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) I'll have to go check some of that out. I haven't uh, dusted off some of those in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Any books that you have gifted or that you just think everyone should read? That's a good question. So I think we should always be lifelong learners. And and I believe that for myself, but also for my team. So I actually just gifted to my entire team a book called Mindset. And what Mindset is, is it's a book about how do you have a mindset about growth and innovation as opposed to a mindset about maintaining. And what I like about the book is it's not practice these 10 things. What it really does is it takes you through, I don't know if there's 30, 40, 50 different case studies of companies that had a growth mindset and were successful. So you're not reading an author's words, you're reading real life examples of what companies did and the outcome from what they did, which then helps you take that and kind of process it and translate it to your place and how you can have that growth mindset and not allow the the stagnant mindset to really set in. 
I will have to add that to my list. That is not on my list. So that's a great recommendation. Let's say the calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? So I love walking the dog. Weirdly enough, I'm a, I'm a huge Orange Theory fitness person. And so got my own little community at Orange Theory Fitness, um, which is awesome. They give me a great workout. And then the other piece, which I can't do as much as I want here in, in Seattle, is I love scuba diving. Patty Dive Master. And so anytime I can, where I'm not going to be frozen, I'm going to try to get in the water. That is incredible. We'll have to connect you. If you haven't already connected with Randy Smith, our co-founder, he's a big diver as well. So shared interest there. <laughs> well, we will link to everything that we talked about today in the show notes for all of our folks. My last question for you, Seth, before we wrap it up here is any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks that you have for our listeners today? Sure. I would just ask your listeners to think about, you know, how are they practicing financial inclusion and helping those that they haven't been able to help in the past? And if they can't answer that question, reach out to me and let's brainstorm together and we'll figure out how to help. That is incredible. Well, we've got contact information for you and your team that we'll link to as well for everyone. Thanks again, Seth, for being on the show. And to all of our listeners today, thanks so much for tuning into the CU Insight Network. We'll see you next time.